I'm Jackie Ventoris, founder of Messy Bun and All. Here at Messy Bun and All podcast, you will find tips on wellness, motherhood, sisterhood, and how our faith carries us through it all. You will find inspiration, encouragement, and resources to help you on your journey. Life is messy, but together we can do this. Messy bun and all. Hey, welcome back to Messy Bun and All podcast. I'm so happy that you're here today. I just wanted to hop in and share just a little bit about myself. Now, I've noticed that there are a couple new followers, new listeners, and so I thought I'd share my story with you and what led me to Messy Bun and All. And so I just want to take this time to say welcome, to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this community. I know that... um It is such a beautiful thing when we choose to do life together, right? When we know that we don't have to face our situations alone and that we can turn to friends, to each other, to be reminded that God is with us in everything and anything and through it all in every single season of our life, God is there. And so... I just want to say, because I know some of uh, those following have known me since I was young or smaller, (laughs) I feel like who I am today is not the same person I was back then. I honestly like cringe a little bit at the thought of younger Jackie, right? I think that's a good thing though, right? If you think about who you were when you were younger or a long time ago, right? (laughs) If it doesn't make you cringe, then maybe that's a sign that you haven't grown. (laughs) So maybe it's a good thing that when I think about myself and some of the things I've done, um, and I cringe, right? I think that's a good sign that there has been growth. And so I almost want to reintroduce myself to everyone and just say, hey, I'm Jackie. I'm here. I am somebody who is trying to unlearn the need to be perfect and put together and have it all figured out, right? You can add the pressure of being a daughter, right? Growing up in a household where you had to be the whole one, the perfect one, the one who had all the answers, the straight A's, right? Uh, Bringing joy and pride to your parents because after all, they've sacrificed so much, right? I think that's really strong in a lot of the Hispanic cultures is that we don't want to disappoint our parents because of everything they've given up to give us a better future. It's almost like we're indebted to them. And yes, in a way, I think in gratitude, we can honor the sacrifice they've given for us. But I think what I am unlearning is the responsibility I have placed on myself through the years to make others happy, right? And so that has been huge because growing up, I felt like I never really explored who I was because I was so busy 
pleasing everyone else, learning everyone else, learning the triggers, how to make people happy, how to try to fit in, you know, and I did it so awkwardly (laughs) so many times. And I think there have been very few people throughout the years that got to see the real me, the vulnerable me, and they're actually still in my life today. Like those people who are still in my life, I can say for sure that they've seen the vulnerable me, that they they know, <laughs> they knew the true me, right? Um, they know the true me. And so um, through my life, like I said, I've, I am right now learning, unlearning how to attain perfection, right? Because there's no such thing. There will never be a point where you fully arrived or fully achieved or fully attained anything and be content in it. Because we're humans constantly trying to grow, constantly evolving. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so for me, I guess what led me to Messy Bun is I grew up in a household full of boys. Um, I have an older brother and a twin brother and my father. I am through and through a daddy's girl. Um, Grew up with my father. My parents divorced when I was about nine. And so I spent my weekends with my dad. And so a lot of my time was spent around men, around boys. I knew how to be cool with the boys, how to act cool with the boys, um, you know, in, in a nutshell, because there is so much I can say to this is I just never felt fully accepted by my mom. And I say that um, not in a harsh way or, you know, in in an regretful way. Um, It's just the narrative that I told myself. And it didn't allow me to open up to appreciate my mom or to see her in the light I think that she needed to be seen in, right? Regardless of that, I always created this idea that women and girls were more judgmental than boys. And so hence, I spent a lot of times with my brothers, with, you know, my dad and with just boys. I felt like more comfortable, more accepted, right? Um, so flash forward to life. I mean, I think through elementary school, through middle school, through high school, a lot of the people that I was really close with were boys. And um, high school, you know, was a little bit of a turnaround. You know, I started to make friends with girls um, because I was getting older and needed to talk about things <laughs> with people. Um, but yeah, I I never truly... Um, was vulnerable fully, you know, just a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes when people would ask me about music, I on again, I never really asked myself, what do you like? What do you listen to? You know, so I would kind of just say what I thought was acceptable, you know. Um, now I know, you know, I love me Selena, you know, <laughs> I love salsa, I love gospel music. Like these are the things I now know about myself, but back then it was very hard for me to pause and to think, what is it that I like about myself? And so um, there was a point in my young adult life 
where I began to obsess about the way that I looked. And I found this amazing program that was more geared for other other people that needed help. And I instead used it as a way to diet and to lose weight quickly. Because that was my goal, I lost the weight very quickly. You know, I went from like a size 18 to like a size four in the matter of one year. That's a lot. It was like over 100 pounds um, that I had lost. And I remember um, all of a sudden, it felt like people were nicer to me. Like I got more friends or people were opening the door more for me. People would smile at me more. I got more opportunities for work. And it was just very um, interesting for me to walk through because I had never experienced that kind of attention before, right? Um I'm already like this insecure person, but now obviously when you can fit into anything, right, um, all of a sudden you get a new kind of confidence. And for me, I loved that attention. I loved that confidence that I could wear jeans and tuck my t-shirt inside and not worry about a muffin top. You know, I loved that I could wear heels and not get tired in them. I love that I could buy tall boots and not worry if they would go over my calf. You know, I loved being able to wear shorts and a tank top and be like, great, awesome. No, you know, not self-conscious at all. Right. I loved that. But here's the thing. Because I had done it in such an unhealthy manner, I was telling myself during that time, well, you can only have plain yogurt to keep that weight the way you are. And when I try to eat quote unquote healthy, I was either not losing any more weight or I was starting to gain a pound and I freaked out. And so I was like, I can't eat anything except for yogurt. And obviously that self-willpower only lasted so long for me until I was like, I need to eat food. I just have to eat food. And the moment, I mean, it was crazy in that one week period when I ate normal, you know, I mean, like I had salad, a protein, you know, a starch, fruits, that's it. Like, it's not like I, you know, binged heavily on any other foods. When I did that, I started to gain weight. It was like one size, two sizes within a week. It was crazy. Like, it was insane how my body reacted to that. And I freaked out. I totally lost it. I freaked out. I said, oh my goodness, this is terrible. This is terrible. Um, You know, I started to notice how people were not paying attention as much. I was being shunned. I wasn't, you know, being helped. Instead, I started to feel judged for not being able to keep it off. And like nobody was actually... Nobody knew how restrictive I was being, you know, in part because I didn't say anything, 
But because they didn't know when the weight started off to gain, you know, I I was I felt like I was being looked at as a liar and I hated that feeling. Like I just hated it. Long story short, I came to a point where I would just look in the mirror and I'm like, I can't believe it. You can't fit in any of your clothes. What is Tony going to think? Tony's my husband, by the way. You know, what is this person going to think? What are they going to say? You know, um, I just went in a very dark place. I started to spiral pretty quickly, pretty quickly. And I just felt like unless I was a size four, unless I was thin, I would never be good enough. I would never be accepted. I would never be loved. And that literally led me to suicidal thinking. And it was so, so difficult to live in that because the thoughts that came with that every single day, I mean, to think about waking up in the morning and the first thought in my head was, here you go, you're ugly, you're not worthy, you're terrible, you failed. I mean, every single day to wake up with that thought was so, so hard. And at that time, unfortunately, I didn't have a therapist. I didn't have anybody to talk with because, you know, in our family, we don't, in our culture, we don't do that. You don't tell somebody, you know, a stranger about the things you go through. You don't have to spend money. That's that's not even called spending. It's called wasting money in our culture, right? To do that. And unfortunately, I, I wasn't in a place where I could, you know, have the ability to think through and say, you know, I need help. And so I just remember one one night, I just could not take the thoughts anymore. And it was um, it was very scary for me because even though I slept next to my husband every single day, we did life together, he had no idea what was going through my mind. And I just remember one night going to the kitchen and trying to grab something sharp. And I was like millimeters away from actually doing it. And I just remember hearing a voice, go back to bed, don't do it. And I just cried. Like I remember going back to my bed, laying next to Tony, and I just cried. I cried, bawled my eyes out, and I cried. The next morning, you know, I call it the grace of God, but the next morning, I just remember telling Tony, I need help. I'm like, I can't take it. I need help. Something's going to happen. Like, I don't think I will stop at that voice next time. And what led from that conversation to finally getting a therapist to finally saying, okay, we're going to seek, you know, in inpatient treatment. And so I went to a facility um, out in Chicago and um, not that I had planned it, but it was a Christian center that helped 
people like me, you know, facing suicidal thinking, um, addictions, eating disorders, um, you name it. And I remember um, walking into this place and get this, it was all women. It was like the first time I was ever surrounded by so many women. Like, Never in my life have I only been around women. Um, And mind you, again, like just still this idea that women can be so judgmental, right, um, was, was in me. And it was in that place when I began to seek help and began to journey with all the other women that I realized, oh my gosh, We are all going through something. It doesn't matter whether you're white, Hispanic, black. It doesn't matter whether you're young, you're old. It doesn't matter whether you're rich, poor. It didn't matter whether your addiction was drugs or alcohol or food or the lack of food. Like it didn't matter any of that didn't matter, except what mattered here in that place was that we were all women, all in need of help, and all trying to seek recovery. It was like the most powerful experience after the 30 days, right? Because at the beginning, it was it was very hard for me. It was extremely hard for me. But at the end of it, when I walked out of there, it was one of the most powerful things for me to know that women, we all go through something in life because that's just how life is. But we're stronger when we go through it together. And that has been one of the things that I've taken with me is that I need other women in my life too. Like a lot of times if we are mean to each other or judgmental towards each other, it's because that's what we've received in our own lives. And maybe there hasn't been anyone in our life to demonstrate how we should be treating each other instead. And so when I left that place and I started to work on my healing and my recovery, there was a point where I made a vow with God and I said, God, I want to help other women like me. Like I want to break that concept, that idea that women don't want to journey together or help each other. Like, no, like I want to show other women that I'm here. I'm not perfect. And that together we can do this. Together we can get through life. Together we can be vulnerable and share these experiences. And that together we can find strength and hope and faith in our God that these situations will not hold us down. They won't be the end of us. And so I just wanted to come on here and and let you know that 
this is why I feel so strongly about messy bun and all. I feel so strongly that there is no such thing as being perfect. In fact, we are beautifully, beautifully broken and perfectly flawed. Like that's who we are. It's those pieces that make us unique, but it's those pieces, that pain, like for me, when I share my pain with eating disorder or suicidal thinking and somebody else hears that, I know that that can be a lifeline for you. In the same way, when somebody experiences the unimaginable, the loss of a partner, the loss of a child, and somebody else is like, oh my gosh, that's me too, all of a sudden we're coming together and we're stronger, right? We're stronger when we're together. We're stronger when we can say that there is no one like God who can get us through these things. And so for me, I just want to welcome you to this community of beautifully broken and perfectly flawed women. I want to welcome you to a space where I hope you can continue to find healing through your journey. I pray that you would feel encouraged, inspired, motivated to continually step out in faith and see God work. You see, a lot of times we don't see those miracles because we're so busy trying to perform. We're so busy trying to fix and solve what really should be in God's hands. And so if you are journeying with us today, thank you. Thank you for your courage to just be here. Thank you for the courage of choosing life. Thank you for not giving up and saying, you know what? I'm going to still be here. I'm going to still fight through this situation. I am going to ask God and ask the sisterhood to continue to lift me up. I also just want to remind you that there is help, that there's help available if you need to speak with somebody today. There's a suicide and crisis lifeline. You can dial 988. Again, that suicide and crisis lifeline is 988. Now, before we uh, just close today's podcast, I just want to leave you with a Bible verse. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29. And it says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, um, there's a picture that I always have of just God's chasing after me, like God's love coming after me, like breaking down the walls that we put up, breaking down the lies that we tell ourselves. God is constantly at work for us, even when we think He's not, even when He is silent. There is never a moment that God is not at work. 
And so today, if you feel like you're struggling with something, one, I hope you have the courage to find the help you need. Therapy has been one of my biggest blessings. Um, It is not a waste of money. It is the best investment for my health today. It allows me to show up, to be present, and to continually find healing that I need in my life. And so number one, I hope you get the help that you need. And two, I hope that you would remember that there is nothing impossible for God. There is nothing that's too great. You have not gone too far beyond God's reach. And all that He needs for you to do is to seek Him, to find Him. How how does that look like? Well, it just may be a simple, God, I need you. It may be a simple prayer, right? You may be in your car and you just got to say, God, please help me provide a way. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, for me to go into that inpatient treatment, um, it took my my pastor's help. It took my husband's help. It took my family's help. But you know what? We did it. People helped me. God came through and he was faithful enough to help me walk in that way. And so whatever your circumstance may be, I promise you that if you ask God, if you seek him, you will find him. You will find him and he will come through for you like only he can. And so Thank you so much just for allowing me to share this story, for allowing me to be vulnerable with you. I hope that this ministry may continue to be a blessing for you in your journey as well. May God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for giving us a listen here at Messy But and All podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and YouTube. And if you would like to find out more about any upcoming events or how to get involved with Messy Bun and All, you can go to our website at www.messybunandall.com. Thanks so much. I can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye.